Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. and welcome back to Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. And I'm so glad to be back with you guys. It feels like we haven't talked in forever, guys. That's because we're <laughs> recording on a Friday night. <laughs> and for all we'll of see. you listeners, just to know, just so you know exactly how cool we really are. <laughs> None of us had plans tonight, and we were able to schedule to uh, record. So, and it's nine twenty, and we're all caffeining up to stay awake. Ten twenty over here. Oh, ten twenty. Mm, feel for you. Okay, so I am bursting at the seams to talk about this. So we're going to take a brief detour before we get to 1982's The Snowman and talk about some nugget of glory that (laughs) Anthony dropped on Reddit this week, thanks to Netflix dropping it on the interwebs. And it is the little thing. (laughs) It's really terrifying. The Christmas Chronicles, a new Netflix movie coming out with Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Uh, we posted, or Anthony posted about it on Reddit. Lots of talk there. It's on Facebook too, right? Mm-hmm. We got a lot of chatter on this, and a lot of positive have... chatter. Oh god! This is I... like this is like cult classic awful, like yeah, full dead level awful, and awesome at the same time. See, I'm I'm waiting on the awesome. I'm gonna have to watch it and see because right now it just looks awful. I'm I'm holding out I'm hoping out for off awesome because it's Kurt Russell, right? Absolutely. Right. And I, I think the cool Santa, you can't get anyone better than Kurt Russell if they're going for that version of Santa, like a cool hipper Santa. Um so if you have kids, cover their ears. We had some we had a friend who uh, we saw this week and I showed her. She knows about my affinity for Christmas and um <laughs> she shares it as well and is doing some cool Christmas stuff at her job, but I shared this video with her and she said all she could say was yes santa i'm happy to be naughty put me on the naughty list (laughs) well stacy mckenzie a listener stacy mckenzie wrote on facebook uh something about finding santa she doesn't know how she feels about finding santa hot so i think it (laughs) takes a few women find this version of santa hot and i could tell from julia shaking her head she is not one of them (laughs) No, I love Kurt Russell. I really do. Uh, so, yes, Kurt Russell, very attractive. Like him very much. But I was telling Anthony before we started recording that I get like, I get the weird um, Santa sleigh feels from Kurt Russell as Santa. Like, not the homicidal kind, but like the sketchy Santa. 
kind so, of so I was like a weird mix between that Santa and Ed Asner as Grumpy. He's like this odd mix between like grumpy and mischievous, but not in a normal Santa mischievous way. So I've said it a few times on the show now that I like my Santa between halfway between warm and intimidating. Like he has to be a little bit intimidating because he's this guy who you know, omnipresent guy who can get around the world in one night and sees everything you're doing. But, um, yeah, I think he's, <laughs> I think this is definitely a more intimidating Santa. Yeah, but he's cool. He looks cool. I, I'm excited to see what Russell Crowe does with him. But this movie is going to be very, yes, Kurt Russell. Oh, sorry. Russell Crowe Russell is Crow Santa. Um, Santa just starts randomly fighting people everywhere he goes. I'd watch the heck out of that. <laughs> y'all remember the y'all remember the Russell Crowe thing on South Park? I don't watch South Park. No. Okay, back in the day, um, when Russell Crowe kept getting in fights and was always on the news for being, you know, in fights, it had a feel like the the crocodile hunter, Irwin, <laughs> but it was called Fighting Around the World. Rus- <laughs> Russell Crowe would pick out different types of people and talk about them, and then go start fighting with them. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> so this the trailer for this movie gave me vibes of like a not as good combination of the night they saved Christmas and Santa Claus the movie. It just reminded me of one of those '80s cult classic Santa movies for some reason. Absolutely, so uh, that's I'm, probably what they're going for. I have a proposal. Mm-hmm. We need to change our schedule and ensure that the week this comes out, we record it immediately. It all depends on what we would bump. Or we do a bonus a Thanksgiving bonus. episode for people. Oh, let's just do a bonus episode. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, a Thanksgiving treat. Huh. All right, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a two episode week. We won't even do Patreon for that one. We'll Get excited! Merry Christmas with Kurt Russell. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call a hail Mary here and say that when we see Mrs. Claus, it'll be Goldie Hawn. <laughs> that would be a oh, I really dude. That because you can't be have Kurt Russell without Goldie Hawn. Can I? <laughs> and that's about as twisted of a Mrs. Claus as he is as a Santa. <laughs> I hope they go light on the bosom, honestly. Can I just say, though, the stupid CGI-looking elves that look like they came out like an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw them was Al- the, the new Alvin and the Chipmunks, which I cannot stand watching Jason Lee. No, me either. At all. He's not bad. He's not bad. It's all the other stuff surrounding it. Like, oh. Jason didn't do a bad Dave Seville at all, but. But the chipmunks themselves are terrible. Oh, they are. Hashtag not my chipmunks and hashtag not my elves. Yeah, these elves are awful. Hashtag maybe my Santa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be optimistic about this one. Christine has already called it. She's like, nope, this is terrible. I don't even want to watch it. I'm trying to be optimistic, too. I really am. Just because I like Kurt Russell so much, and I can't imagine he would do something terrible. And I, and I was actually very surprised that a lot of our <laughs> listeners are giving it the benefit of the doubt, too. Well, I think Kurt Russell has well, kind of earned that from us, right? And, and Chris Columbus produces it. And he, right. he does good movies and good Christmas movies. He knows Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Chris knows. I don't know. i got to cross my fingers on this one. Hope for the best. Is I either way, bad or good, that's gonna be a fun episode. <laughs> that is gonna be a yeah, fun well. episode. 
All right, back to regularly scheduled programming. Wait, no, no, no. I have one more Christmas movie to bring up real quick. You're just trying to delay getting to this movie. <laughs> you do have another Christmas movie. How did this movie movies. make Halloween month? Like, why? Well, anyway. because remember we talked about we didn't want a whole month of horror. We wanted something sprinkled in for the people who actually like the good feelings and everything. And we picked this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but go before, ahead, we get to, before we get to the show, man, I want to bring up another Christmas movie coming out this year. It's not Kurt Russell's movie. It's not The Grinch. It's not The Nutcracker. It is called Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a Christmas set zombie musical that is they are just Entertainment Weekly describes as a cross between La La Land and Shaun of the Dead. But it's set at Christmas. <laughs> Where the zombie apocalypse breaks out, and it's a musical apparently. Oh, so, guys, let's quit with the zombie apocalypse. The poster <laughs> has her wielding a giant candy cane, sharpened to look like a steak. No, but uh, the trailer was actually amusing. So, I'll post that on social medias. I've lost all interest in zombie movies post Zombieland. Uh, I'm excited for Zombieland too. I am too. That's what I'm saying. Like the zombie land I think has, has, is the apex of zombie post-apocalyptic zombie movies. See how we're bringing back the Halloween theme for spooky month. <laughs> As Marty says, there's no fear in zombies. Just keep running. That's right. <laughs> Just keep running. All right. Let's get back to this week's. So tonight we are talking about 1982's The Snowman, a 27 minute short animated film. You even call it a film? I'm not sure. Um, let's do a brief synopsis. Christmas special. Christmas special. That's accurate. Um, the synopsis is, a, is about as long as the special. Um, on Christmas Eve, a young boy builds a snowman that comes to life and takes him to the North Pole to meet Santa Claus. There is Warren. no dialogue in the movie aside from the featured song. Which so, is David Bowie, right? Didn't David no, Bowie not. do music for this? He did an introduction no, to this. He did the music. Oh, okay. Never we'll mind. get to that. Let's talk about history. Sorry. So I'll start since I think it's going to go downhill from mine. Um, this is one of those movies I don't remember not watching. But interestingly enough, I have zero ties between this and Christmas. Not a single one. And I was surprised it was on the schedule for us to cover because I'm like – it's not a Christmas movie. I understand why we're even talking about it. Um, I have a very deep-rooted nostalgia for this movie because I remember vividly anytime I was sick when I was younger and I would be laying on the couch in the living room, this is the movie I would request to watch. And we'll talk later about why I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but I, I really like this movie for no other reason than when I watch it, it makes me feel like I'm five again. So that's my short but sweet take. Tom, what's your history? Um, I remember this movie. I don't actually remember watching it, but as I watched it this time, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I definitely remember the book much better. Mm -hmm. The book came out in the 70s. I think the fact that this movie is as old as we all are and substantially older than Anthony and the fact and that it's not in any of our Christmas canons says something about this movie. I did not say anything about that yet. Is I never it in said your it wasn't my Christmas canon. Is it I'll in your Christmas canon? I'll get to that when I get to my history. Thank you, Tom. Please continue. I'm just I was just assuming because uh, 
I'm assuming Anthony and I are on the same page on this one. Maybe I'm, I'm okay. I'll let Anthony talk for Anthony. <laughs> Wait, so did you like this movie, Tom? No. Did you watch it with Ellie? I did. Did she, did like, she it? like it? Uh, she was, I think she was intrigued by the no talking and the music. Mm-hmm. Um, she just kind of sat there. Is <laughs> that kind of what you did? <laughs> To our listeners, if we're a little giggle happy tonight, it's because it's Friday night and it was a long week for all of us. And I think you're Friday, just giggle happy. We're, we're Friday tired, to quote Julia. <laughs> so my history is I was a big fan of this book growing up when I was mm-hmm. young. I remember my mother reading this book to me and I loved the book. I never associated the book with Christmas. For good reason. I don't think I actually saw the special, the this movie, until I lived in England for four years because this is huge in England. This, the snowman to England is what Rankin Bass is to American households around Christmas time. Hmm. Um, so I saw it multiple times in England. Most of my friends, a good chunk of my friends loved it. Uh, I did not. This is not a Christmas movie, in my opinion. I agree with Tom for once in my life. Um <laughs> Wait, wait, this is really weird that, that Julie is the odd one out and Anthony and I agree. Yeah, it really is. It's a Christmas um, miracle. <laughs> this is like Jim and Dwight agreeing on something. Oh my gosh, what does that make me? Pam. Yeah. <laughs> that's really the what only one you'd want to be, what right? What can we answer that's the least defensive? I was going to say Angela, but I thought that's not really funny. <laughs> but this movie... Like, I don't have, like, a hatred. I didn't like this movie. I don't have a hatred for it. So you're not going to hear me on a rant or anything. It's just, again, to agree, to say what, to second what Tom said, kind of boring. And boring for me is usually a cardinal sin. Refer back to the Arthur Christmas episode. But I don't know. This movie is just kind of there. Like, I have no strong feelings either way. I thought the snowman himself was cute. And iconic looking. I'll give it that. Nope. Mm-hmm. Snowman is three balls. You roll up. I was about to say, I bet you like that that non-conforming body shape yep. of said yep. snowman. We don't need to anthropomorphize a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's all a snowman is, really anthropomorphized snow. But I stand by what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick credits on this movie it was directed by diane jackson who's known for another raymond briggs british special that was actually mentioned by lots of reddit collaborators that they preferred this one over snowman so father christmas which i hope we get to cover at some point i have never seen it um the world of peter rabbit and friends yellow submarine and she did some work on the beatles tv series all animated Um, We also have direction from Jimmy T. Murakami, who is also an all-animated kind of director. Um, He has a Christmas Carol version out there. I was not familiar with it, as well as Story Keepers, which was a Christian-themed animated series, and Christmas Story Keepers, which have the same idea but focused on Christmas stuff. Um, the book most famous credit here is Raymond Briggs wrote the book, the snowman. He also wrote father Christmas, Ethel and Ernest and fungus, the bogeyman, which I had not heard of, but sounds pretty delightful. 
Um, <laughs> music is by Howard Blake. I uh, have to mention him because I feel like that is one of the most iconic things about this movie, at least for me it is. Um, he is known for the original Flash Gordon TV series as well as The Avengers. Um, and then just so to call the Avengers out- Avengers as in um, the Uma Thurman, Ray, Ray Fiennes one, right? The, no, like the show, 68 oh, okay. to 70, the original, the Avengers. So the only words in this special are from the song sung by Peter Audi, um, Walking in the Air. So the lyrics to that are literally the only words in the entire 27-minute special. The person who is probably more famous for singing that song and is usually incorrectly credited as singing the song is... Alan Jones. And it's funny because one of our listeners was it uh, Rebecca Bull had mentioned that she was completely irritated by Alan Jones. She said he churns out a vile Christmas album every year and has gotten his poor son in on the act. Um, <laughs> she even says that she feels he's a bit like Mariah Carey because two years ago he released an album where he sang with his younger self. <laughs> And she did not look, he felt like that was ridiculous. But he, so he released a version of it a few years after the movie came out. So he actually was not the person saying the original one, which I found out today and thought that was interesting. Um, but that song is made famous by this movie. Um, our cast is pretty small. You have James, which is the boy, which in the book, he does not have a name. In the movie, he does. And you have the snowman. and. So I watched this on Amazon Prime. It's free to stream there if you're a Prime member. And it does not have the intros. But apparently when it shows every year in Great Britain, um, it's introduced by different people. So I guess the one on Prime did have an intro. It was Raymond Briggs doing it, the old man walking in the snow with a little quote. Uh, Apparently David Bowie has done an introduction for this one as well. I have not seen it, but it sounds pretty awesome. Because David Bowie. And one, they had an animated Father Christmas as well, do an intro at a certain point, voiced by Mel Smith, which also sounds delightful. Who's Mel Smith? Um, I'm not sure. It was the name on Wikipedia when I searched this information up. <laughs> I didn't even give this movie the time of day to take time to research after watching it, guys. So I'm going to be asking you guys some questions. So, so can, I, can I kick off the conversation with a complaint that both of you have made in the past about other movies? The vulgarity in this movie that we saw a little boy's backside. How dare... I do not like vulgarity in my Christmas. You know what was more offensive to me than that? This creepy voyeur snowman who's watching people sleep, trying on their clothes and putting in their teeth. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Not okay with the snowman. The snowman is just... It is remarkable what's okay when you're a kid versus what's okay when you're an adult. So that didn't bother me so much. That kind of just reminded me of like a... um, E.T. or or Gremlins where you get like an alien, like strange creature, Bigfoot, Harry and the Hendersons, like you've never been in the house before. So you're just kind of fascinated by everything. That's what I kind of likened it to. But James seems old enough to know better than to take weird, strange, newly sentient beings into his parents' room (laughs) while they sleep. Boy, they sleep like the dead though, don't they? They do. They do. Tom, I know you're a Family Guy fan. Do you remember the episode where <laughs> Santa's in the corner in the dark? Yes, yes. Watching uh, two, two, two people, people. bow, wow, wow. Being <laughs> intimate, yes. 
<laughs> and they turn on the light and he just runs out of the room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, he sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> so for those listeners that didn't watch this and the plot synopsis was not super descriptive. So the boy built, James builds the snowman in the front yard. And I never thought about it when I was a kid, but when I watched it this time, it's like he's expecting something to happen, but why would he be expecting something to happen with a snowman he built in the front yard? I thought that was odd. So maybe I'm like, did he wish for him to come to life? But we didn't know because nobody's talking. Anyway. Or did this happen before? Right. Maybe. Um, Anyway, snowman comes to life. And so James brings him in the house and shows him all the things that the people do. And and then when they're done poking around in the house, the snowman gets hot and he realizes, you know, probably not good to be in the heat of the house. And so they go outside and they ride a motorcycle and they get in a little bit of trouble. And then the snowman flies with James to the North Pole where all of the other snowmen are congregating and they see Santa and snow women and they meet Santa and Santa gives James a scarf and then they fly home and then the snowman melts and that's very sad. Yeah. He goes out the next morning. Yeah. And the next next morning. morning, But all the other snow is still there. And it's, it's not that he just melted. He's a pile of snow, which I don't really understand. So again, I think a lot of that's the adult versus the kid. I don't remember being puzzled by any of this when I was. So how can a snowman fly? It's magic. How does he walk around either? So so we have a snowman who's walking around, putting in people's (laughs) teeth. That's all fine. But he's flying and that's where you draw the line. Like, hear me out here. Logically speaking. Okay. (laughs) Right. Let's discuss this logically. How do reindeer fly? Well, that's different. Santa has magic. (laughs) So some guy. Some kind of winter magic, and I'll say this is a winter movie now. Some kind of winter magic brings this snowman to life. I can understand him walking around because he's in the shape of a man. He has legs, whatever. He doesn't have wings. That made no sense to me. I do like the idea of all of the snowmen at the North Pole, though. And I kind of like the idea of, like, um, Frosty the Snowman was before this. I kind of like the idea of the snowmen, like Santa just taking in all the snowmen at the North Pole so they don't melt back home. That made me nice. Why didn't any of the other snow people bring their people with them? Maybe they look at this logically. And then they didn't invite them. Maybe it's like a vampire. You know, you have to invite it into your house. (laughs) And at that point, you're bonded for life. Boom. Now we made this a Halloween movie. Boom. (laughs) Julia wins wins tonight. Let's talk. uh, There's not a whole lot more for us to discuss, honestly. But let's really talk about whether this is a Christmas movie or not. So the reason why I never associated this with the Christmas movie, I'm pretty sure is because as much as I love that walking in the air song, I am almost guaranteeing you I fell asleep during that song every time I watched this as a kid and don't remember, I didn't even remember Santa Claus was in it. And I know he's only in it for like less than a minute, but I have no recollection of that. So I am, I'm not sure if I've ever seen this movie in its entirety until now. And then I saw Santa and I was like, this is wrong. <laughs> this is so not a Christmas know- movie. I know there's a brief glimpse of the Christmas tree and I know they go to the North Pole and Father Christmas shows up briefly, but I was going through all the movies we watched and I know this is on a television list, not our movie canon list, but a lot of our low ranking movies, even though we didn't like them, were more Christmas films than this was. Yeah. The music didn't have a Christmas feel at all. Like, regardless, mm-hmm. if you like that walking in the air, any of the other music. Um, 
They could have used more bells. I don't want to get into the get into the the whether the, that's good fun music or not. But I will say it just didn't do so it. So the book, Christmas. yeah, and it, and that makes sense, right? Because the book, there's no Christmas in the book. There's no Father Christmas. There's no Christmas tree. The book has no ties to Christmas whatsoever. It's winter. So I wonder if the addition of Christmas really was a marketing thing, right? Like winter well, movies gotta- probably don't do as well as Christmas movies. Not as easily marketed. Is a winter well, movie, not as iconic. Well, again, it's, this has become what Rankin-Bass has become here for America or the Peanuts or whatever, it sh- or the Grinch. It showed every year around Christmas mm-hmm. time. They have a live stage show around Christmas time. My friends take their kids to it. Like, so this has become like this big Christmas thing over there. But I feel like for the special, they had to have added the Christmas tree in just to make it that and make more money out of it because they knew it would last longer than a winter movie. I liked the glow of the tree. So it's all done in pencil and colored pencils and it's got that texture to it, which I've always liked. I liked it when I was younger and I like it now. And I liked the way the tree glowed. I remember that vividly loving that when I was younger and the way the fire glowed and the cat and all of that. Um, I agree with you on all of that 100%. And I really like the animation in the book. I didn't like the animation when they were flying. Yeah, it's a little stilted or something. Like the trees don't look like trees until they get to a certain point and they suddenly morph and look tree-like when they're flying over the forest, you know? And that bothered me. Yeah, That didn't bother me as much as the flying itself. Which I I just I'm still hung up on that. I can't get past the flying. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned the music is not Christmassy at all. I would totally agree with that. It's not. It feels wintry to me, also, which mm-hmm. is funny. But I love the music in this movie, all of it. I like movies with no dialogue set to music anyway. Like some of my favorite things are Pixar shorts, and a lot of them oh. are very short on dialogue and very Absolutely. heavy on music. And so the music in this movie evokes emotion from me, probably not to the same degree as a lot of those outstanding Pixar shorts, but it does it totally evokes emotion and it matches the movements of what you're watching. So that's my favorite so, thing about the movie. So the can, I, can I cut in there since you brought up emotion? I yeah. want to read a comment from Disco54, who listener from the UK. He doesn't really like this film, but his reason for liking the film, disliking the film. I've always hated it. I'd much rather watch Father Christmas instead, but I agree it'll be interesting to hear their perspective. I hate it for the same reason I hate E.T. It's too contrived. It's cynically designed to make you emote. It's a schmaltzy pile of woo that's got nothing to do with Christmas. That said, it's really good doing it, and the people that love it really love it. (laughs) But I, I would half agree with him i think it is designed to make you emote i think this special really is i don't find the i don't look at the book as cynically but i feel there's something about this special where it is yeah exactly i would disagree with him about et i still think that's a great movie but i hate that movie i think it passed the reese's pieces part it's so slow (laughs) i love that movie (laughs) And I wouldn't say it, love or hate it. I wouldn't say that movie's just designed to make you emote. But that's a different conversation. I see. What I don't feel that about. need to emote until the end when he melts. Right. E.T.? No, I'm just kidding. That's the only oh. part I feel like the button's being pushed to emote, right? In this one? And the other times you just feel happy and wondrous. 
well, or you don't feel happy and wondrous like Tom and Anthony. But I wonder why I they. It, I wonder why they showed me the kid's butt. Why did I? Have to see I just. Butt? Why would you go commando in jeans and snowy weather? Seems like a bad idea. <laughs> jeans in general seems like a bad idea. That's not. I mean, right. So that's what I think the movie. So we're talking about emotion, right? Well, we're actually mm-hmm. talking about going commando in jeans, which it seems weird to me as well. But switching back to where we were. That evokes certain emotions. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about the, 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 the emotions, I didn't feel the emotions when I saw the pile of snow that was supposed to somehow be a melted snowman. It just, I didn't. I, and, I, and for me, I think why I didn't feel the, I agree with you, Tom. I didn't feel the emotions there either. And I feel where that's a fail on the movie's part, in my opinion, is I wasn't impressed with the music in this film. A good score can tug at the heartstrings, and if they had better music, I could have felt something like that. Like, with Frosty, and Frost, like, with Frosty the Snowman, when they took the hat off, and he's no longer sentient anymore, it broke my heart. I was, still to this day, I feel really sad when I see this, you know, glassy-eyed, lifeless snowman. So I don't know. I don't know what they did differently. I'm, I'm assuming it's probably like you said, the music. But that—that's exactly what I was thinking of when I said the music. That scene that you right. just talked about with Frosty, that they do the sad version of the main theme, and yeah, like wordless. I don't know. So for me, it's the music that um, makes us seem less impactful than it would have been for me otherwise. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not the grand. I mean, it just ends. It just like ends. It did. There's, there's no, there's no conclusion really there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not even sure. I, I know how James felt about all of this. You know, he seemed confused. Like, did this really happen? But oh wait, I have this uh, scarf in my pocket. I have this scarf in my pocket, so something went down. I don't know. So, so most, so most of our listeners love this film. Uh, again, Disco Fifty Four and Rebecca Ball seem to be on our page, Tom, in terms of they didn't. But both of them said the sequel, uh, The Snow Dog, is a lot better and more Christmassy. Uh, I haven't seen it. But I was reading about it on Wikipedia. Um, it takes place in the same house, just with a different family living there. So this new kid finds like uh, the snowman's hat and the things that made up his eyes and nose. And so it had connects to that, which I like. There's a sense of history of the house. I don't know. I'm excited to see it. Okay, so we discussed we don't think it's a Christmas movie. Therefore, does that mean there's no Linus test moment in this? No Linus moment. There's no growth of any character. There's no character arc. There's no none of that. In fact, they have the opposite of growth in this movie because the snowman literally melts. (laughs) The flying snowman, you mean. (laughs) All right, let's do... Let's just rank it. I'm pretty sure I know your final thoughts. Let's figure out where this is going to rank with our TV specials. This will not be on the movie list. This will be on the TV list. With Currently, we have on that list Charlie Brown, Rudolph, Rankin-Bass's Rudolph, The Grinch TV special, Rankin-Bass, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, and The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. So a shorter list. We'll see where this one falls. Anthony, what are you going to give it? So I'm going to give this a five because I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm just kind of middle of the road. So I think a five, you know, evens it out for me. And I don't have nostalgia for this. Like I do all the Rankin Bass ones. So um, I didn't like this that much. Um, I didn't hate it, but I'm not going to watch it again. And 
it didn't have Christmas feels for me at all. So I'm going to go on and give it a two. I do like this movie. I have heavy, heavy nostalgia for it. Oh, but it's not Christmas. Makes me feel no Christmas feels. So I got to give it a four. So that gives us an average of 3.67, which puts it between Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Rudolph's Shiny New Year. And that is a big drop off. <laughs> yeah, there's a great divide between those two. <laughs> We've still got a pretty decent drop, but at least now we have something that's kind of middle of the road, right? Right, mm-hmm. definitely. Like we do in our movie list. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm lacking the Christmas feels. So, Anthony, can you do something about that, maybe? I know our listeners can. We put out the challenge to our listeners to provide us with questions of the week because we all miss the questions of the week. And they answered in spades and gave us so many questions that we're good through the new year now. And it's awesome. So keep them coming because we always, we'd rather have more than less. So the question I chose for tonight was actually the very first one we got. Um, after we put that call out and it's from a Facebook listener named Carson Davis. And he asked us, how did you all blend your family traditions? Once you get married, once you got married, Christmas is a big aspect of my life and I am finding it slightly difficult to change my ways with my fiance. And I just thought that was a great question. That's a fun question. I'd like to hear what our listeners think too, how they, how they, absolutely. We'll share that next week, but for this week, Julia, why don't you kick us off? Um, so when I was a kid growing up with Christmas, we didn't have a lot of outside decorations because the person who had to do those was my dad. And I've talked about how he's a Grinch. Um, so if he was tasked with that, they were going to be minimal. Uh, so when I got married to Marty, he falls more on the Griswold spectrum of exterior lighting and not to that extent, but a lot more than my dad. (laughs) So... We have all the fun things outside, including a gigantic inflatable Olaf, which I told myself I would never buy an inflatable decoration for my lawn because I think they're tacky as I'll get out, but I love that thing. Um, It's in our backyard. It is about a story tall, and I like to watch him melt late at night and pop back up when it... (laughs) And it's time to inflate him again. I love him so much. Um, he, so Marty's she- also, yeah, well. <laughs> We're talking about Olaf, dude. Olaf. Yeah, I feel like that's wrong. <laughs> Shame. Um, Shame. Marty is also really good about um, just getting excited in the Christmas aisle at Hobby Lobby and Walmart when he sees new decorations. And he just, he loves them. Uh, and that just makes us like me and all the kids excited about it too. So he's always on board with adding new or changing things up and, um, that's really helpful. So it's just, that's our biggest change. What about you, Tom? Well, when Christine and I got married, we decided, um, that we were going to make our own traditions. And so we weren't beholden to anything from either family really, um, with everything as little as, you know how we're going to decorate our tree. Um, We decided we wanted to do it our way. So both of our families were star families. We're an angel house. Um, (laughs) We may be changing that this year because our angel is, she's 
she's coming up for retirement. Um, okay. So we're probably going to change it to another angel. I don't know. We're open, you know. Oh, interesting. We're open. We'll probably incorporate Ellie in the decision making process. Um, yeah. And now that we have Ellie, we're we're learning about what other people do, not just um, American cultural traditions, but we're trying to incorporate, you know, being um, Eastern Orthodox and having um, a religious connection to the Middle East and the, the the Near East, Asia Minor, Greece. Trying to incorporate some traditions from uh, those parts of the world into our home as well. Like little things, you know, neither of our families are really into it, but I make um, Lebanese food at our holidays and things like that. Mm. Very cool. Yum. We have Hashwa at Thanksgiving. Mm. Mm. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Anthony? How are you mixing your traditions with Sarah? So with Sarah being from Canada, Newfoundland, and me being from New York, um, you know, all these years I've watched my friends and cousins having to split the time between their families at the holidays, Christmas Eve with one side of the family, Christmas Day with the other, or even just split them both the same day. And, um, you know, one of the good things about our families being so far, far apart is we don't have to do that. There's a lot of sucky things about being so far apart like that, but that's one of the good ones. We don't have to really worry about splitting our time at the holidays. How, but, do, y'all do, how do y'all do that, Anthony? Do y'all like Thanksgiving at one? Well, I guess they don't have our Thanksgiving, so... No, usually we'll switch Christmas every other year. And then the year we don't go up for Christmas, we'll go for summer. Y'all don't go up for for Canadian Thanksgiving at all? In October? No, we don't have a day to like, (laughs) at least our Thanksgiving would have given us some long weekend days to pad out our vacation with. (laughs) Anyway, so when we're celebrating New York, we really do the stuff I grew up with and the stuff I inherited from my family and vice versa in Canada. Um, but we have Newfoundland decorations and for our tree down here, just little stuff. And her parents are really good about having New York stuff up there when we visit. But just even growing up, my family was much more into Christmas than hers and mine was more extravagant while hers is low key. So it's different, but we make it work. It's good. That's neat that they incorporate New York Christmas into theirs on the years you're there. Yeah, for sure. That's sweet. So do we want to go ahead and announce what the question of the week will be next week so we can share people's responses? Yeah, that's, that's, a, yeah, good that's a good idea. We discussed Christmas traditions this week. Let's continue that, but we're going to go with Dunder and Blixum03 from Reddit who said, what Christmas tradition do you have a hard time getting behind? For me, it's 24-7 Christmas radio. Don't get me wrong. It signals the mainstream start of the season, and I love it but I wish they'd play more variety. There are so many versions of every Christmas song out there, but the radio stations play just a sliver of them. Back in college, I left a term paper until the last minute and spent eight straight hours writing and listening to the local Christmas station and heard the same version of Silver Bells 13 times in eight hours. Such a waste of an opportunity. We are going to discuss next week the Christmas traditions that we have a hard time getting behind. Your homework, faithful listeners, is go to Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and let us know what Christmas traditions you're not all about. And we'll share your we'll share your input next week as we delve into what Christmas traditions each of us have a hard time getting behind. And if you want extra to the podcast content, you can visit our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash podcast, where for as little as a dollar per month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show 
including our just release episode where we talk about the office Halloween episodes, which is a lot of fun. Um, and we have a Hocus Pocus bonus episode if you want other Halloween content too. And uh, a lot of other stuff up there, so check it out. And we have a lot of cool stuff coming, including the Friends Thanksgiving episodes, new Christmas music episode, and uh, possibly a live episode where we do the tree lighting. So lots of good stuff there. So check it out, guys. And just so you know, while we're talking about it, we are going to be adding a new Christmas movie to our list. We don't have a date yet. But Todd Killian is our first $10 a month Patreon, and he has picked the 12 dates of Christmas for us to discuss. Ooh, exciting. I haven't seen it, so. I haven't either. Todd, thank you, for your, thank you for your support. And we look forward to getting that added to the schedule. Todd asked about submitting his history, thoughts, and feelings um, about Definitely. that film. And I thought it'd be fun to invite him for the intro part of our discussion for that movie. So if, you're, oh, that'd be cool. if you have a movie you're really interested in us covering, you can make a suggestion on our social media, or you can donate $10 in Patreon and force us to watch and discuss whatever you want us to. Please be nice no, to when us. When you phrase it like that, it's just like open. Up a a question though. Whatever happened to Amy Smart? She starred in that 12 Dates of Christmas movie. Whatever happened to her? Is she still acting? I haven't seen her in a movie in like ages. So next week, guys, do your homework. Watch a movie that we'll be discussing. Is it a Christmas movie or isn't it? We'll be discussing Mm -hmm. Gremlins. A definite classic film, but is it a Christmas movie? Hmm. I feel like it's going to be right up there with Die Hard. The same discussion. A different movie. Let's do it. Let's do a let's do a Twitter and Facebook poll this week, guys. And in two weeks, we will be rounding off Spooky Month when we cover season three, episode seven of Supernatural, a very supernatural Christmas, with a special guest host that week, Joanna Wilson of ChristmasTVHistory.com. She's a resident expert in all tv christmas episodes and specials and everything so we're really excited to have her on for that episode and she's just really cool she was part of the um christmas trivia that we did with brian from christmas past it was really fun she was cool so i'm looking forward to having her on yeah for sure guys we are down to 1680 hours until christmas (laughs) 71 days 10 weeks just over two months like when I was looking at our schedule for the rest of up until Christmas, it's like 10 entries, which is insanity. It's nuts. 10 episodes until Christmas. And just get excited listeners because after spooky month wraps up, it's two months of Christmas classics, quote unquote. So yeah, that'll be really fun. All right, guys. Well, like we say every week, thank you so much for joining us and come back next week where we're going to fight it out over gremlins. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.
so high above with you. 